One, two, three. Oh, since you've been editing, do you realize why I like three claps now? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think it was like unclear to me before that. You don't but always you... make us do three claps. Sometimes you made us do like seven or twelve. Well, do you know why? <laughs> do you get why now? <laughs> I never didn't get it. It's like you're saying, oh, now that you're the editor, do you understand why I, I like it when you don't have tons of background this noise? Obvious thing that I've <laughs> yeah. explained. Well, then why? <laughs> why did every time? Every time we had a guest, you, you were like, oh, Theo always does this thing, but it makes it harder for him in the future. But it does No, Rachel always did that. She would always no, explain it to no, the guest. No, everyone as always did. did that. And I was the victim. No, you also would sometimes explain it to the no. guest because you can't just tell guests to clap for no reason. I, I always remember just doing something really impressive that they had to clap about. <laughs> you tricked them. You know what? Podcast over. We're fighting. We're fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Theo, introduce the episode because if they just hear a woman's voice first, they're going to cut yeah. it right out. A lot of people won't listen any further. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Fire the Cannon. This is the podcast where Rachel and Jackie, sometimes Theo, sometimes um, Becca. Becca. More times Becca, less times Thea. <laughs> Read the books in the Western canon or get told about the books in the Western canon and <laughs> then decide if they belong in the canon or not. So true. Welcome to the hosts. Thank you. Woo! Yes. <laughs> that deserved yes. claps. Welcome <laughs> to us. I am Jackie. I'm Rachel. Rachel. And that, that was Theo. And I'm Theo. Mm-hmm. But your Zoom name is... Jackie. Yes. It's Jacqueline. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow we're both Jacqueline. Wait, that's interesting. Well, there's been lots of times where we're both fire. Yeah, there are lots of times where we're both fire. I'm surprised I didn't come up as Trespassers J. I know. Yeah, because that freaking happens to me every time. I combined freaking and fucking. I said freaking. Freaking happened. That's good. Because I decided to be less uh, vulgar and it just came out anyway. So it's within me. Sounds like you're from a Joss Whedon show or something. Freaking. What? Didn't you? Haven't you seen um, Firefly or Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Bumpy. No, I haven't seen Firefly. I've just heard you talk about it ad nauseum. For all you non-Latin speakers, that means to the point of making me vom. They're always coming up with like fake teen slang. Fucking. It sounds like what people would do at Fuddruckers. Hey, what are you doing at Fuddruckers? Fucking. <laughs> Drucking. <laughs> do those restaurants still exist anymore? I don't know. Why did they name their restaurant that? I don't know. There's definitely a reason. Maybe there's not. Maybe they, like, let their toddler name it or something, and that's just what they said. Okay, now we have to find out. My gosh, it's sometimes abbreviated as FUDS. Oh, I I thought it would be abbreviated a different way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What's wrong, Rach? The original name was Freddy Fuddruckers. Why is that crazy? It's just a guy's name. It's not. It's a fake guy. What? How do you know he's fake? It was started by Philip J. Romano. <laughs> all right. And he named it Freddy Fuddruckers. He was like, oh, I better Americanize my name because of all the anti-Italian sentiment. <laughs> yeah. Philip J. Romano. That's a mix of two of my comedy idols when I was a child, Philip J. Fry and Ray Romano. Ray Romano. <laughs> Actually, I didn't really like Ray Romano, but he did, he did teach me uh, uh, sort of bad stereotypes about men and women. Anyway, go ahead. Oh. says that the name, it was a riff on 
a made-up aviation company that aviation nerds joke about called Fudpucker Airlines. All right, we can't go down yeah. it, it. It keeps getting deeper. There's more layers than I thought. That sucks. That sucks. What? That's a stupid name. It's, Why would you name a restaurant chain after any of that? I mean, it's like, I could understand if you're hoping your main clientele is aviators. But, but then even you then, call it Fudpuckers, not yeah, Fud or like, Puff Duckers, whatever it was maybe called. It was tra- maybe, maybe it was trademarked. Maybe it was trademarked. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Made up aviation company? Does, does it work to just change one letter? Yeah. Fud pucker? I'm going to make a company called Cocomola. Cocomola? Yeah. Also, it says Philip J. Romano, he used to own multiple karate schools, and he had to okay. give them up to start Fuddruckers. That sounds like the right idea. You know, his middle name actually stands for Jacqueline, and I was named after Freddie J. Fuddruckers. Philip oh. Jacqueline Romano. Oh, no, I was named after Philip Jacqueline Romano. <laughs> Freddie J. Romano. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. So, um, I hope you guys are having a good day. I have a story I'd like to tell you. Oh, gosh. But I'm going to couch it in as though it's not a story. I hope you guys are having a better day than I'm having. Tell us all about it. It's not a joke. Oh, okay. Tell us why your days have been so bad. Well, I got bitten by a snake. Oh, my what? gosh. What? should you do about it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm slowly going paralyzed. No, I did actually get bitten by a little garter snake that I found in my yard. It was poking its head up. I was doing some gardening. I thought you were pretending to be Tahotep. Is this Jackie speaking no. still? No, yes. I actually got bitten by a little snake earlier. Okay. It was poking its head out of my um, out of my foundation of my house. And I've seen like snake skins in the rafters of my basement. So I've been like, hmm. Either somebody is playing a real weird joke on me or there was a snakey up there and he got nakey. I didn't mm-hmm. even know I was going to say that. Isn't that good? That's really um, almost like something chat yeah. GPT would say. Yeah. <laughs> Can you make up a name for a naked snake? <laughs> 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 um, and I've also seen my cat and dog, and this is not even exaggerated. I've seen Grover throwing a snake in the air before and like playing with it. What? And both Ernie and Grover were playing with a snake. And I rescued that snake. Um because it was, just, again, a little little garden snake, like, it's not going to hurt anything. So I saved it because it's good for the environment. Mm-hmm. And then the other day I saw a dead snake, and I think Ernie had killed that one. So I was like, okay, there's first of all, there's a lot of snakes, which is weird. Um, also, I don't want my cats to kill them, and I don't want them to get tortured. And I don't want them in my basement, so I want to move them away. So I saw this snake poking its head up out of my house, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I grabbed it, and I pulled. And pulled and pulled, and wait, it was bigger than I thought it was. I see be why again. you got bitten by a snake, by the way. Yeah, wait, wait. Which, <laughs> sorry, which side did you grab? Well, I grabbed it by the head, but that wasn't the part that bit me. I mean, it was. Oh, I think okay. it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to look up the anatomy of a snake real quick. <laughs> it was the part that bit me, but not right then. Because, you know, you grab it by the head, you've got, you've got the head. It can't do anything then. So it's, it came out, it was like a foot long. Mm. And it wrapped itself around me. And the first time I grabbed the snake <laughs> that I saved from Grover, um, it also wrapped itself around me, but it was really tiny, so it was cute. I did think, what if it constricts my finger? I don't know how yeah. many snakes have the power of constricting, and it's just like the pythons <laughs> and the boa constrictors are the most dangerous, but they can all constrict. I don't know. No. Okay, good. You're fine. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, you'd be fine. <laughs> there, They was really strong, though. So it wrapped itself around me, and it was like, um, I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to move you out to the woods. It whipped its head around, and it did bite me a little bit, but that wasn't the worst part. Do you want to know the worst part? It pooped, pooped on, on you. Me. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. How did you know? I've, Can you tell? I, Do you see it? I know about snakes pooping on people. <laughs> 
Wow. That's why I guessed that. It smelled so much worse than I thought it would. I smelled it before oh, yeah. I even saw it or felt it. It was awful. Reptile poop is horrible. Um, my sixth grade teacher had a whole wall that was like covered in reptile snakes shit. and turtles. No, just covered in reptiles and other pets, like little exotic animals. And at I'm recess, sorry, can you explain how the wall was covered in them? Just all of what the terrariums and the glass containers was piled all the way up to the wall. Like, up to the ceiling. Were they attached to the wall? Um, I guess. Probably. He probably had a shelving unit. Someone went to a fancy school. Oh. Actually, no. This was the tiny little private Christian school. So this was the only sixth yeah, grade teacher. Yeah, fancy. My classrooms were all in trailers propped up on cinder blocks. That's not a joke. Continue, Rachel. And, um, yeah, it was he used the snakes to teach us about the devil. Ugh. So... He would let us take various snakes out to recess if we wanted to. And in the winter, there was this one kid that was a redneck. The one that I told you about who could summon wasps from the sky. Oh, he tried to live on a surfboard? Whoa. Yeah. The one who summoned wasps <laughs> from the sky and the one who, like, robbed a liquor store and then lived on a surfboard for a couple weeks. He, um, he had a giant camo jacket, like a huge one. So in the winter, the teacher said he could take the boa constrictor out, but like, of course, he had to keep what? it under his camo jacket. And then I'm one sorry, time at research, recess, the snake pooped inside his jacket. Oh, wow. Rachel, none of this makes any sense. What do you mean she would let the he, kids take the snakes out during? He would let the kids take the snakes out during. First of all, that makes no sense because there's not any male teachers. Second of all. Why would That's they let true. the kid take the snakes out during recess? Like, wouldn't they just instantly drop the snake and it would slither away and be gone? No, we we learned mm. snake handling in class. Wow! In a private it Christian was... school? It wasn't a class. <laughs> That's like a cult. <laughs> it wasn't. My entire sixth grade education was just snake handling. Wow! <laughs> I didn't learn any algebra or anything. It that wasn't year. a class. <laughs> it wasn't like serpent handling, like the Pentecostals. <laughs> it was. <laughs> no, it was if. If you wanted to take the snakes out at recess, obviously you would have to demonstrate that you can, you know, handle it. Well, that guy but, couldn't And then it. if it was like the teeny tiny, he could. He was fine. He was just like, snake pooped on me. And the guy was like, okay, you can go in and clean yourself off. <laughs> How big was this boa constrictor that this man was like? Over six feet it, long. What? Yeah. What? He's nice. This was a child. Yeah. yeah. How, how how big was the kid? And I think the snake's name was Bobo. And then he also had a smaller one named Bilbo. Later. Oh, well, Bilbo wouldn't hurt anybody, but Bobo. <laughs> Bobo was, he was nice. He was, um, like, pretty slow, didn't move very much, how, especially in the winter. I understand if you feed them a bunch, like, they're probably not going to do anything, but, like, how was this legal, like... What do you mean? It was like a private how, Christian school. There's The law is not involved in that at all. Anything goes. So, also, it's not illegal for a child to play okay. with a snake. This is America. It's still state law. Like, what if he had been hurt? It wasn't Florida. Florida, I would get it. I'm sure you sign waivers when you go to these schools. I, I, <laughs> I hereby release the school from any liability of injury or death if my kid gets yeah. killed by a boa constrictor. Any teacher knew that was an option. If your kid is going to that school... If you look in the sixth grade classroom, you'll see a wall of reptiles. Like, you know, if your kid is in sixth grade at that school, your kid will be interacting with snakes. And so your parents <laughs> would be like, we know this is a risk we're taking and we're willing what? to take it. It's not a risk. There what? are no venomous snakes at all. There are only constrictors and like little a garter si snakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if the snake started constricting you, you just tell the teacher and he would take it off. Yeah, because that teacher was stronger than a six-foot boa constrictor. I mean, the snake was never hungry enough that it really wanted to kill you, so you'd just be like, Mr. C, Bobo's constricting me a little bit, and you'd, like, unwrap him. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but if he pooped on you, he'd be like, oh, I'm not touching that kid. Like, you're just going to have to get yourself out of that. If you're in pickle. sixth grade, you can clean snake poop off yourself, Jackie. No, no, no. But if it was constricting and pooping, he wouldn't help you. Because <laughs> that smell was hard to get off. Like, I washed my hands yeah. multiple times, and the only thing that took it off eventually was dish soap. There you go. What did it smell like? Uh, just bad. <laughs> it just smelled like elephant poop a little bit. Like, it was just really strong. Kind of like if rocks had a bad smell. What? That's my impression. I feel like Rachel took acid before this episode because nothing. (laughs) I'm not understanding. (laughs) Will Will Becca was in the same sixth grade class as I was years later. So what we need to do is the next time Becca's on the pod, you can confirm with her. I won't say a word. You just ask her. Isn't Becca a well-known liar though? (laughs) (laughs) No, she's not. Oh really? Wow, we've got a. A rivalry between our like <laughs> rotating co-hosts. <laughs> well, that explains why neither of you know like the three branches of the government, but you're really, really familiar with snake. Oh no, you have to learn a lot about the government so you know how to undermine it Christianly. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Wow. That's just horrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we go ahead and? All right. So the audience doesn't even know what book we're talking about. I today. know. It's a shame. Well, Rachel thought when I mentioned a snake, I was going to talk about ancient Egypt. Why? Because they had snakes in ancient Egypt and present day. But also because, well, Jackie and I, one day we were talking and she said something like, oh, I think it's funny when we cover these really old books. And then we were like, what's the oldest book in the world? And we Googled it. And one of the options that came up was a book called The Wisdom of Tahotep or like The Teachings of Tahotep. Either one. Well, it's not an option. It just is the oldest known complete book in the world. It's not an option. I I mean, it's not like one of the options. It's like this is the oldest book in the world, according to the introduction. Well, okay, but that that person is biased. There are people who say there are other books that are older than this. But it probably would have been an option. Like if it was about something that you guys really didn't (laughs) want to talk about. Then like the oldest book in the world was like the wisdom of the human centipede. And Rachel was like, no way. Exactly. So um, I read one version of the book and I asked Rachel, hey, what translation did you read? And she said, oh, I read like three of them. And I was like, okay, weird flex, but fine. it's not a flex. It's like 20 pages long. His wisdom. Flex. I know. (laughs) So I got this and okay, I'll I'll post a picture of it, but it says the teachings of Tahotep, the oldest book in the world. And I bought this version because it says the oldest book in the world. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, clearly they're going to address this and explain. And also I just need to point out, look at the hand on this thing. What the hell is up with this guy's hand? It's like an AI drew Mm. it. Yeah. Like, is that what hands looked like 6,000 years ago? That's how Mm -hmm. old this book is. I'll post a picture of it. Is he holding a fish or something? (laughs) I have no idea because there's no lines to delete. Lineate, but it looks like uh, a huge thumb and an enormous, like, pendulous, flaccid pinky. It's weird. Um, oh. And sorry, but that was just <laughs> the best way to describe it. <laughs> there is no option. <laughs> There's no option. This is the only oldest book. So the wisdom of Tahotep begins on page 41. The first 41 pages of my version are the introduction. And it, and lasts it ends on page 60. <laughs> 60. Yeah. And I said, how is this a book? <laughs> but they said it's the oldest complete book because there were other like partial, maybe older books that have been recovered, but nothing that was complete. That is a novella. <laughs> if that. And it's not, it doesn't have a plot. Yeah. It's not a fictional novel. It's 
Tahotep is explaining the wisdom of how to be a good person. Of himself. Yeah, to his son. It starts out with him saying, I'm old. I'm going to impart to you my wisdom that it may be promulgated throughout the eras. So that's the that's the frame narrative, as, as Rachel <laughs> likes to say. Me and a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah. And because it's not a prayer or a spell or a song or... Sorry, Theo. Yeah, sorry, it's not a spell. A spell. <laughs> Wiz- wizard Theo. <laughs> Um, or just a list of things that like somebody else owed somebody else in a transaction. Like this is more than any of that. So this is considered the oldest complete book. Didn't Becca say she thought a vizier was just like a guy who tries to depose you? And she was like, why did all these kings have them? Well, we joked that she thought that. And I guess you then (laughs) made that into her actual thought. (laughs) Kind of feel like she did. But so I I do have a couple funny things about it. The first one is that, so I, I read some background on it. If you... If you go on Wikipedia, there's a very funny phrasing because they say, like, Tahotep wrote this book to tell his son how to be a vizier. (laughs) And Wikipedia says, typically, viziers were replaced by someone older that had experience. What? So they just get older and older and older? (laughs) How is that possible? (laughs) So if you want to have a long-lived viziery, you start with a newborn. You're going to retire. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> what? And the second he ages, even a, a minute, you replace him. <laughs> yeah, but I I know what it meant was like older than his son. Typically, they were replaced by someone older than his son was at the time. So his, oh, <laughs> so his son needed the extra, needed the book, right? Right. How old was his son? We don't know how old his son was, but on like the last page, we find out how old Tahotep says. No, 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 no. (laughs) don't tell it yet. Because what the funny part of this is on the first page, Mm -hmm. it says this. So he starts out basically, it says he, but he's like talking in the third person. So I'm going to say, I lieth down in misery every day. My (laughs) eyes are small, my ears are deaf, energy is diminished, and my heart hath no rest. The mouth is silent, and I speaketh no word. The heart stoppeth, and I remembereth not yesterday. The bones are painful throughout the body. Good turneth unto evil. All taste departeth. These things doeth old age for mankind, being evil in all things. You're going to like this part, Theo. The nose is stopped, and he breatheth not for weakness, whether standing or sitting. So he's saying, I'm so heckin' old. And on, like, the very end, you find out he's 110. What? <laughs> he, claims, yeah. he claims to be 110 years wow. old. Wow. So his son could be, like, 70, and the king was like, he is not old enough. No, his son could be, like, 90. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's really got to be older than you, Tahotemp. <laughs> so, Theo, were you expecting me to say that because this was so long ago, it's like, oh, and it turns out he's, like, 30, and he's... <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was expecting. But maybe the Earth spun or the Earth revolved a different speed back then. That's probably a science theory, right? Yeah, maybe. That's a great way that we could increase life expectancy on Earth is we just find a way to push the Earth a little faster in its revolutions around the sun so the years go faster. And Mm. then we'd we'd be older. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. And all of the agriculture on Earth would be destroyed because the growing season would be like two weeks long. <laughs> um, no, it'll it'll balance itself out. I'm just saying it's going to be a lot easier than like, you know, making healthcare affordable and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Rachel. You go ahead. That wasn't worth it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay, I would like to talk a little bit about how this book seems to be viewed today. 
because it's a little strange. So as you know, it's basically a self-help book and it's not really self-help. It's like dad help. I mean, it's self-help. It's telling you what to do with yourself. You're not helping your dad. <laughs> oh, that was so. Um, <laughs> well, he is really old. He might need some help. <laughs> well, he didn't tell his son to help him. So basically, there's a weird crowd that's attracted to this, you know, because they're like, oh, my gosh, the wisdom of the ancients. Ooh, right. yeah, this is what we need to do. We need to get back to basics. And so there's a lot of, like, Sigma grind set people who are really into... <laughs> This book. Word. Oh, I didn't know that. And also, like people who only eat Halo Top ice cream for all the. They protein. don't even do that. They eat like only raw meat. <laughs> cool. <laughs> They're all gonna get scurvy and die. Oh, so go yeah. ahead. Cool. Right. And the other, there's another group of people that really likes this, which is like, are you familiar with the idea of hoteps? Uh, no. No. Okay. So first of all, so the name Tahotep, the name of this vizier, it means like Ta is happy or something. Ta is content. I don't remember exactly. So there is a group of like, I think mostly black Americans who are mostly men. They're really, really into ancient Egypt. Mm. So like Hotep is like a term that some people would use to kind of make fun of them because they would, that was like a greeting they would use with each other. But it's like as a movement or like as a group, they tend to be like very sexist and patriarchal. And also they have some weird beliefs. Like there's a weird fixation on Egypt at the exclusion of the rest of the continent of Africa. And there's also some (laughs) weird beliefs about like, Egyptians saying like, oh, the original Egyptians, all of them were black, as opposed to like Egypt being a society that had a lot of different ethnic groups. Uh, So Mm. it's very, there's like some conspiracy theories and some other stuff mixed in. But I was like thinking, oh, I kind of want to listen to this as an audiobook while I'm driving. And I went on YouTube and it was this guy who spent the first 20 minutes being like, uh, all of the ancient ruling families of Egypt, every single one of them was black. And it's obvious if you dig up their skeletons and like look at their skulls huh? and blah, blah, blah. What? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And he's like, and we, Ooh. like, we need to get back to our roots, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Now I see. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm turning that off. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting because I learned through reading this, um, especially the introduction, like the more historical analysis mm-hmm. part that I mean, whatever you call ancient Egypt is probably many thousands of years of time. So you have, I mean, it wasn't like the same for thousands of years, but also like at least during the, you know, 6,000 years ago when this, you know, Tahotep was writing, it apparently wasn't a really sexist and um, patriarchal society. It was the wives were pretty much equal with their husbands on a social standing. And Hmm. so those guys are just wrong is what I'm saying. Well, you got to pick the Egypt you want. (laughs) Not Right. There's so many different Egypts to (laughs) choose from. Dress for the Egypt you want, not the Egypt you have. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, I think, I don't know, Discovery Plus or something is doing like a Cleopatra documentary and they're using a black actress to play Cleopatra, which I'm, I don't, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm happy about that, I guess. But like, there's a lot of people being like, no, Cleopatra was white. And there's people being like, no, she was black. Well, did they check her skeleton? And there's like some evidence that she may have had a grandmother who would probably have been considered black today. But the problem, obviously, is that there's no such thing as like race back in the day. Or now. And there's just 
you know, well, self-identification. The thing is, at least we think race exists now, but like back in the day, it did not yeah. at all. Like The idea of race was promulgated by the, what's it called when you take over another place and it's bad colonizers <laughs> conquerors yeah it was it was taken it was because of the conquerors from europe going into yeah like african countries going to the new world and it was just a concept that they came up with to like validate the fact that they were enslaving them and using them they were like well this is a different race than the rest of us so it's okay it's a different type of person yeah yeah like that's where it came from it wasn't even that long ago right you know, when you say there's no such thing as race, some people will be like, uh, yeah, if you look at like a Norwegian versus like a Kenyan, they look different. It's like people <laughs> do tend to look different based on where they're from, but that doesn't mean that like there's such a thing as race. And obviously the earth, like people are always mixing together. And so like you don't go from one country to the next and they look totally different. It's like gradations everywhere you go and you can find people with various features all over the place. So it's just silly. So that's what we mean when we say there's no such thing as race. Yeah. Like obviously some people look different from each other. Did you notice that me and my sister don't look exactly the same? Different races. That's just gonna say. That proves it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's okay. silly. Well, so what I wanted to go over was Again, introduction. The translation that I read, it was from 1906. It was by a guy named Battiscombe G. Gunn. And I read a little bit about him. He uh, was interesting. First of all, his dad was named Theophilus. <gasps> Most excellent Theophilus. That's one for all the Bible readers out there. All the Bible readers. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this talk of snake handling. Dad's name was Theophilus. He, <laughs> The first section on Wikipedia when you read about him is uh, early life and connection with the occult. So he was like a follower and a close friend of Aleister Crowley and these other like necromancer guys. But yeah, so this this translator guy who was like just an Egyptologist also was really into the occult. But then when he got older, he started like severing his ties with the occult and he was like really anti-witch stuff. So I don't know. I think that's a weird thing that, for this guy to be into. <laughs> it's kind of cool yeah. to make the announcement from this day forth, I'm severing my ties with the occult. <laughs> with the occult. <laughs> yeah, but the occult is not going to let you go. Were you guys into Egypt as children, by the way? Because I know a lot of kids, you have like dinosaur kids, like ancient Greece kids, I, Egypt kids. Like there's kids have a r horse kids. I don't think there were any ancient Greece kids. Though. There were. I had a brief period <laughs> in fifth grade when I was kind of... You were an Egypt kid? Yeah, I learned all about all the different stuff because of uh Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. No, that came Was it because of Yu-Gi-Oh? I don't think so. It could have been. But I know it's cuz we had we had a unit on it in the like class. mummification and you were your interest was peaked. Yeah. Did you learn how to mummify? Well, I think I was just at that point I was like these Greek gods and goddesses don't seem that cool. And then I found out there was this whole other system of gods and like they Crocodile have like, heads. Yeah, like animal heads. I was like, this is so much better, you know? <laughs> People with weird pendulous pinkies. <laughs> and you know, like the guy who weighs your heart. Yeah. And if it's heavier than a feather, you have to go to hell. Yeah. That was stressful. That's cool. I think that's a metaphor. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day because I, <laughs> well, I re-listened to our Ada Palmer episodes because I was just like, mm, mm. you know, the world has gotten better in some ways and worse in some other ways. And so I really need this reassure. I love Ada Palmer. Um, if you haven't listened to, we, we recorded, I think, three episodes, no, five hours 
two episodes. <laughs> I don't remember. It was at least two episodes with her. And I just find her so comforting because she tells us that like history is awful in and out and things aren't linear. So whatever. Um, so I was listening to that again and she was talking about how like they used to think, yeah, like if your soul it was heavy with sin, it would sink down to hell. And if it was light, it would ascend up to heaven. And Theo was like, so what if I fall? Like I, when I fall, I fall on the ground. <laughs> Does that mean I'm going to hell? And she was like, um. <laughs> anyway, um, but so it start. mine starts out with this very Galadriel-esque introduction. Did yours do that as well? Your other versions? Because it's like, just read it. In these days, when all things and memories of the past are at length become not only subservient to, but submerged by the matters of the present. <laughs> it becomes very defensive, basically. Keep going! <laughs> Theo's <Nice>. into it. <laughs> yeah. I, I realized it wasn't that funny. But oh, it, it starts out very defensive. He's like, you know, nobody likes old things anymore because all they care about is the present and they think, oh, this is pointless because how is it relevant anymore? And it says, these books are the proper and peculiar province of, quote, dry as dusts, which I was like, rude. And <laughs> nobody understands human nature anymore. And this is just how the general population is. And when I say that this writing is nearly 6,000 years old, it's likely that many will find this sufficient reason to put the book down and think that it's not even worth for them to read. And I'm like, Dude, I literally bought this book because it says the oldest book in the world on the front. Like, you have That's no need to be point. this defensive. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would you start your introduction this way? Like, doubtless everyone thinks this is stupid, so you might as well just yeah. drop it now. Probably not interested. Wait, yeah. that, that's what Tahotep is saying or the translator? No, that's the what translator. the translator okay. is saying. You think Tahotep was saying, like, hey, this is 6,000 years well, old. Well, I was wondering, why does the translator need to start so poetically in his introduction? Well, he actually is an amazing writer overall. Like he says things that I think are funny because they're defensive or whatever, but he's actually, he wrote some really beautiful things too. I mean, honestly, also like, you know, I didn't read this, but come on, what are the chances it is as good as all the stuff that's been written in the past 6,000 years? You know what I mean? <laughs> like the advice? Well, it, it lasted I, the longest. No, I just think, you know, that's 6,000 years of like great stuff. This, I don't know. <laughs> I never would have thought to read this probably. I don't know. I mean, there was this period in like the... I don't know, 70s to 80s. It wasn't that great. <laughs> 10 years, that wasn't so good. <laughs> That's why this book is still relevant. <laughs> so he talks about how there's multiple Tahoteps whose tombs have been found in whatever the region. And we're not exactly sure if this Tahotep was either of those guys because this was apparently a quite common mm -hmm. name. Because Ta was a god, a po popular god. So, And you said Hotep was like smiling on Pon or it something? It means like, like Ta is happy or like Ta's content or something like that. It says Ta was the creator god and patron of craftsmen. Hmm. So that's why Hotep was used as a greeting because it would mean like peace or like happiness or something. Ah, uh, okay. So like Go next ahead. time I... Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's stupid. It's stupid. Go ahead. Just go ahead. It's not stupid. If I... So next time I'm eating some like Airheads Extremes, I can say Theohotep, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, that wasn't stupid because you basically paralleled what the translator did where he's like, you're not going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to like this, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> um, really old joke. Also, he was known as Tahotep of Memphis. Of Memphis? Memphis. You didn't see that? Oh, I guess you didn't read because Rachel was <laughs> Tahotep like. Tahotep from down the road. <laughs> Memphis. Yeah. Yeehaw. Tahotep of Memphis, Tennessee. I, I told Rachel not to read this introduction because I wanted to have something she'd be surprised Memphis. by. Yeah, I pulled it up and then I X'd it out when you said yeah. that. <laughs> There's another funny part. So basically a lot of this, he's talking about how like, and, and very poetically, because I share the sentiment as well, that like, it's so, you know, kind of sad and poignant to think about how there were 6,000 years and so many things were lost. We'll never know what they were. And like people were just wanting to be remembered. And um, at some point in the teachings of Tahotep, he says something like, this is going to last forever. Like no one is ever going to forget this. This is going to stay for thousands of years. And it's like kind of cool because he was right. But like probably a lot of books said that and they were wrong. So he just had a lucky guess. But at one point he says um, of this one particular king, we kind of get like a little behold me works. Behold me works. <laughs> what, what was it that the, the, the statue said? <laughs> Jackie. Yar. Ye mighties behold. <laughs> and despair. Behold me works and walk the plank. <laughs> oh, Ozymandias, that, that old sea dog. I'm really forgetting a lot of my words. What, Look what? on my works, ye mighty, and despair. <laughs> How is that any different? Look on me works. Yarr. You said behold me works. <laughs> Whatever, it's the me part. That's true. They both sound like a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> Look on my works, me hearties. <laughs> okay, sorry. But it's this part. So he talks about this other king, King Isosi. It says, of Isosi, the only thing that we know about him, because everything else about his life was lost. This is the only thing that we remember, is that he sent his treasurer to Somaliland to obtain for him a certain kind of dwarf. This the treasurer Ew. brought back and received much reward, therefore. <laughs> Quote, that is all that is left of the reigns of two kings who ruled long, who perhaps ruled greatly and wisely, having just caught to hope that their fame and the report of their good deeds might never pass away. <laughs> Such is the fate of kings. We don't remember anything he did except for he sent a guy to buy a dwarf. <laughs> like, well, I mean, there's... I and he there's... thought, I feel like we should have just let that die. I feel like Battiscombe Gunn should have said... I don't want we don't to embarrass to him that. by yeah. saying that. Yeah, by saying this is the only thing we know about yeah, him. Yeah, just like, I know something about him, but... Yeah, that's just between oh. me and him. Okay. Right. I... Le let me just talk about one other thing. Okay. Another old piece of writing. The Bible. Not the Bible. There, Your so, fanfic <laughs> about Harry Potter in the second this, grade, I know. This is really famous because it is the oldest known written complaint. And I referenced it to Jackie and Theo and they were like, what are you talking about? Yeah, because everything you say is really famous. Me and Theo are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's famous. Somebody, it's Twitter famous. The reason I brought it up is because somebody tweeted like... Yep, it's Twitter. Exactly. My, my time machine crashed in ancient Mesopotamia, but luckily all I need is like high quality copper ingots and I'll be on my way. And I sent it to them like, ha ha ha, isn't that funny? And they're like, what are you talking about? Because the oldest known written complaint is from 1750. BC. It's really famous. It's called the Complaint Tablet of Ea Nasir. And it's this guy who's like, 
I, my name's Nani. I'm I'm his customer. I tried to buy these high quality copper ingots, and he sold me like the shittiest copper I've ever gotten. He's the worst merchant. Do not trust him. Do not buy copper from this guy. It's like a Yelp review. <laughs> yep. So that's uh, it. How can that be the oldest known complaint? Because compared to this, like that's not that old. Like there had to have been complaints from somewhere, right? Like somebody shorted 1750 me. BCE. Yeah, this is from 4000 BCE. People were generally pretty happy with their lives. Yeah, yeah they then. just nobody could complain about anything. 4000? <laughs> that's so old. I said this is 6000 years old. I know, but that's well, what you said. this one this I'm just telling you this is how it's old this hard one is. Hard to wrap is. your head yeah. around. Yeah. Wait, sorry. When when did your guy say this book was written? Cuz I wonder if Batiscombe Gun was not correct <laughs> like maybe they've discovered he was um, wrong so that's another funny thing about Battiscombe gun because he wrote this and i'll talk about this later on but he basically like hardcore shit on every translation before him he said there's this other translation where it's like three quarters of it is wrong and it's written by a complete idiot and blah 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 and then he talks about like other translations and he was like these aren't great either and here's why and he talks about his own translation and he says this is going to be shown to be the most accurate <laughs> translation to date i've done it in a scientific manner of translation i believe and and history will show that this was the correct version and the only version and then later he said, I entirely repudiate my translation. <laughs> Wait, well, in the okay. same introduction? <laughs> no. Like a, ne- a later, <laughs> like years, years later. He said, I entirely repudiate it. The thing is, wow. he I'm pretty sure this is a little over 4,000 years old, not 6,000 years old. What? Mine's, so this says, we get a definite <laughs> date for we learn in the opening lines that its author lived in the reign of King Isosi. Isosi was the last ruler but one of the fifth dynasty, ruled 44 years from 30. 3580 to 3536 BC. Therefore, we may take about 3550 as the period of time. But we know when it was written. And it's the theory also is that he didn't actually write it, but someone wrote it as him. Oh, so like, do we know that like the piece, the piece that we found is from like 2350. So we don't know, like, we don't know if it's a copying of an earlier work or if it's someone who's like, oh, this guy a thousand years ago wrote it or what. Um, yeah, that's not what mine says. So I yeah, don't know. he. I guess maybe there have been updates. How how do you know that yours? Is I mean, right? I I I've looked in a lot of places like the Encyclopedia Britannica, that kind of thing. <laughs> so shave off about two thousand years. <laughs> cool. Well, mine mine says it's six thousand. So whatever. That is, I guess, a point of contention between me and Rachel. <laughs> We're two thousand um, years <laughs> of disagreement between us. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We wanted to jump in real quick and say a thank you to our new and upgrading patrons. Beautifully said. Thank you. The new patron we'll get to in a second. Jackie. (laughs) What? The woo? (laughs) Well, I was thanking you on behalf of Jackie. Keep keep listening to the episode and later you'll understand the reference. Wee Woot is kind of our new yeah, thing. Yeah, it's our new yeah. thing. But you know what What else is our new thing? Randall Moon upgrading his support of us. We really appreciate it. He's our Ooh. most enthusiastic interactor on our Facebook page, and we're so happy and grateful for that, and we love seeing his comments and questions. It's the Randall Moon official communication page. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> is what I'm going to say. Thank you very much, Moon Man. He's the mooniest man. He really is. 
And genuinely, like, for some reason, multiple people who didn't know us ahead of time, like, who interact with us are like, oh, I hope I'm not bothering you. And I'm like, literally, all of you interact with us. We love it. Yeah, we love it. There's no such thing as too much. Yeah. Well, maybe not yet. Is, you haven't reached that. Yeah, yet, nobody's so. come close. So we really appreciate him doing that because he's been a patron for a while. And we're glad to know he's still loving the pod. And love then it. our yeah, we love newest it. patron is my friend Nikita, who became a patron because I told her, hey, we have a bonus <laughs> episode coming up with Theo. And she was like, well, fuck, now I have to become a patron so I can listen to it. Uh. She's got a voice crush. No, she just thinks Theo's very funny. <laughs> no, she has a crush on my voice. My dad said that, too. <laughs> I need to ask her if she thought it was worth it. Oh, yeah. Was it worth was it? Was it money well spent or are you a little bit like, eh? So we'll see. <laughs> it's, what if it just what if it just so happened that she thought he's hilarious on the main feed and then everything on patreon is just like yeah i actually just decided not to be funny yeah <laughs> she goes on patreon and she's like, like every eh. single thing he's like i'm not funny anymore or what if she's like actually i'm more of a jackie fan now so i'm canceling Whoa. the subscription <laughs> oh yeah would you be happier about that or sadder because like we'd have less money but it would be because she likes you even more now no one has ever said i'm their favorite oh come on so. come on well if you want if you want to prove I'm your favorite, why don't you become a patron? Wow. Say it in the comments. Hey. How tempting. Yeah. Tempting. Also, do you think we should do a new thing where we not only shout out our patrons who are new, but we also call out patrons who quit? <laughs> no. <laughs> wouldn't yeah. that be funny? I know. No. That would be so funny. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not going to call anyone out. You can't only use the carrot. Sometimes you have to use the stick. <laughs> I don't want to use the stick. <laughs> Look, guys. Theo wants to whip everybody. <laughs> it's whipping time. And if you want to get that reference, you're going to have to listen to our upcoming Patreon bonus. He's trying to make us use the stick. That goes out to you, booger monsters. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much to our new and upgrading patrons, Nikita and Randall. We are so happy you guys are here slash still here. Back to the episode. You're perfect. If you want to be my patron... You gotta tell me I'm your favorite. Oh, sorry. Not back to the episode. <laughs> back to the interstitial. If anyone else would like to become a patron, please consider checking out patreon.com slash firethecanon. And for $3 a month and over, you get access to our bonus content and there's like extra things. But just check it out. Consider supporting us. We really appreciate it. And we use the money to make the podcast better. Okay, bye. Also, I know... Uh, hold on. <laughs> Back to the interstitial bye. part two. Um, also, <laughs> I know we've been saying we're going to make some merch. I think I actually really want to make that happen. We do have some funds left over. And I think it would be really cool to make maybe like tote bags or shirt. You know what? Maybe I'll put, um, I'll put a poll up on the Patreon and I'll ask what people would be most interested in. And as long as it's not something like a Fire the Cannon themed gun or <laughs> a bong or something crazy, mm -hmm. um, we'll probably just make it happen. Okay. <laughs> should the shirt say, we love love in all of its forms, or should it say, we woo? We'll find out. All right. <laughs> back to the we'll episode. <laughs> For real this time. Anyway, let's get into the wisdom, unless you need to say more about Badiscum. One thing he said that I did think was really gorgeous was he was saying, you know, I just wish we hadn't lost all these books. And he said, would indeed that we had more <laughs> of such books as this, whereby we may a little lighten the darkness that lies behind the risings of a million suns and learn how little the human heart and the elements of human intercourse alter through the ages. And I'm, I'm not going to make a joke about intercourse because that was beautiful. Um, 
I feel like that's the kind of thing Carl Sagan would say. The elements of human intercourse throughout the ages. <laughs> would indeed that we had more of such books as this, whereby we may a little lighten the darkness. You're carmiting. <laughs> oh no, I'm carmiting, I'm carmiting. <laughs> the darkness that lies behind the risings of a million suns. Was that better? You did, got a little less kermity at the beginning, but you kermited a little more at the end. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get on with this. Yay. So we're going to kind of talk about his advice in terms of categories. So first, I I was thinking if you wanted to discuss any of his advice for like dealing with the gods, we could start with that. Maybe some advice for dealing with your parents, etc. I'd like to save women for the end. Yeah, that's fine. Um, My translator put it into three sections, which was duties to superiors, duties to equals, and duties to inferiors. So you can split this up in different ways, but I think Rachel's are good too. Let's do that. Okay. It's split into sections. Well, the sections are basically like a paragraph or two long each, and he doesn't himself divide them into categories. He doesn't say like, this is what I'm saying about the gods, and it's this and this and this and this. He just has 40 sorry, it's 43 sections. And a lot of them are extremely repetitive. Mm -hmm. So that's why we don't have to go over all of them. Like Uh, I noticed there's, I think, five in a row that are all about obedience. And he literally just says the same thing over and over again, which is you got to be obedient. And that's not even all the ones about obedience. That's just all the ones in a row. So obviously Tahotep, he's the vizier. He's ruling or sorry, he's assisting someone who was basically like a god king. So the pharaohs at the time were like semi-divine, basically. Just like the king of England. Yeah, just like King Charles. They have some type of divine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) have you seen his teeth? No, they're not (laughs) (laughs) semi-divine. They say that like God wants them to be the king or something. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I think God really doesn't care. But so his conception of gods is a little bit funny because, for example, he seems to think that God is a little bit of a troll. <laughs> Here's his example. He's And I'm using a different translation from Jackie, but he's like, if you say I can live by it, you will lack bread because of your statement. If you say I can be powerful, you will have to say I snare against myself by my cleverness. <laughs> and if you say that you will strike another... You will end by being given to a stranger. Given to a stranger. Yeah, look out. God will punish you (laughs) for your hubris. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Um, Also, again, just a historical thing. Uh, I don't know if I could trust anything Gunn says now because he he was off by 2,000 years about this. But And also he later (laughs) repudiated everything he said. Not everything he said, but just... <laughs> yeah, I think that was a good clue. Wait, you thought I meant that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fooled you. I was JK. <laughs> but he did... No, I, I think this is true. But he said, again, around whatever this time period was that he thought it was, because I'm sure things change a lot over thousands and thousands of years, even if it's in the same region. Um, they would talk about a different god kind of in each town. So, like, this one town would be like, oh, we're worshiping the sun god, and this one would be like, this is the god of uh, particular to our town. Yeah, or, like, whatever is nearby, like, praying to this god, because they weren't really, like, going between towns and talking about it. So that meant that people who did want to write about god in a more general sense would just say the god. They wouldn't say, like, our equivalent of, like, Yahweh or Allah or God or whatever, like they would just, yeah, they would say the God, not the Christian God, not any particular religion. So when he's talking about God, he's not really talking about any specific Egyptian God, like with the crocodile head. Sorry, Theo. He's just like, whichever one you guys think is the best. Whichever one you guys <laughs> like, that's the God. And he's, but he's a troll either way, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I mean, apart from that, he talks a lot about, like, make sure God likes everything you do and, like, make sure you raise a son that pleases God and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. But he doesn't actually give that much advice where he's like, God's really like it when you, like, sacrifice to them or whatever. He's just like, hey, do what God wants and, like, make sure God likes what you're up to. (laughs) That's his (laughs) advice. So, Theo, that's your first piece of advice. (laughs) Okay. Also, (laughs) um, so mine, and I don't understand why this is. This doesn't make any sense to me. You might have been able to tell from what I read earlier, but it's written in this very, like, late Middle English, (laughs) like, Shakespearean kind of way or, like, the Bible where it's, like, cometh and thy and thee and thou and why? Why? Is it just to make it sound older? Because they wanted... Because Yeah, honestly, it's because the Bible, like the King James version of the Bible was written like that. So like there's a stereotype like, oh, if this is going to be ancient wisdom, this is what it sounds like. That's stupid. This is stupid. Oh, sorry. But the, the thing I wanted to mention about that was because it says <laughs> thee, thine, thou all the time. Every time it said thee, I thought of it as like our nickname for Theo, Thee. Is that your nickname <laughs> for me? Yeah. We call you Thee all the time. Sometimes. What about what something yeah. a little more flair? I like Thee-wee. Beefy Thee-wee. tea. Yeah, Beefy Tea. Beefy Tea. Well, he doesn't say Beefy Thee-wee. Tea at any point, so I couldn't have put this in there. But when it says, like, <laughs> sunder not thine heart from him, or thine own begotten shall curse thee. <laughs> like, why are you going to curse thee? Shall curse yeah. thee. <laughs> There's so many good examples. It just made it funny. That would be so much better if it said, shall curse Beefy. Shall curse Beefy Tea. Shall curse Thee-wee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, should I ask ChatGPT for 80 nicknames for Theo? Go for it. For Theophilus. Cool. It's going to say you can't. All right, keep going, Jackie. <laughs> Are you sure that's nice? <laughs> Are you sure that's nice? <laughs> nicknames aren't very nice. It said, he shall extend thee a kindly hand. Further, he shall implant the love of thee in the bodies of thy friends. <laughs> See? Not not in the hearts, in the bodies. Oh, what? <laughs> Implanted yeah, in your mean? body. I don't know. There's a lot of things that are just weird. And also, he um, he some actually not sometimes often he'll say something and then he'll parentheses question mark and he doesn't really ever explain what that means. I assume that just means like I don't really know what this means. Are you guys reading this? This yeah. is crazy. Yeah. What? Tahotep is like. Uh, I think it'll implant the love of fee into the bodies of your friends. The first question mark is in the first paragraph where it says the nose is stopped and he breatheth not for weakness. Question mark. <laughs> it's like, WTF, There's guys. also a lot of places where he'll put um, a footnote and the footnote will say translation doubtful. Or, or like this this was an obscure word. I don't know <laughs> like, what it is. Translate. My brother in Christ, you made the translation. But also like what's the point of the question marks if they mean something different and you're not going to say that's questionable? <laughs> the, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I, that's, so. that's, so, that's crazy to say like I'm so sure this is going to be the translation for the ages and then throughout the whole thing yeah. you're, you're just like well maybe not this yeah, line I, could, I couldn't figure this one out I don't know so, about this um, a really funny example of this is the section 15 report thine actions without concealment discover thy conduct when in counsel with thy overlord it is not evil for the envoy that his report be not answered Yea, I know it by the prince, for that which he knoweth inconcludeth not this. If he, the prince, think that he will oppose him on account of it, he thinketh he will be silent because I have spoken. There's a footnote that says, The above translation is not satisfactory. The text may be corrupt. No intelligible translation of it has yet been made. We've never been able to, to figure out what this means. <laughs> we do not know what this means. What if that's the exact advice we need, though? Yeah, well, that sucks because we're not going to know. Don't be mad if the prince doesn't 
doesn't say, yeah, I already knew that. For that which he knoweth includeth not this. What? <laughs> and I didn't read that footnote. I first read this like three or four times and I was like, what the fuck? And then I read that and I was like, oh, it's because nobody can ever figure out what it means in thousands of years. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> why did he try like why did he why did he no, write something that didn't make sense why did he even bother it's just like i guess i have to come up with something that doesn't make sense so i'll just write <laughs> should have written some other nonsense about like this guy let him keep a boa constrictor in his coat and it pooped on him or something that made sense um, section <laughs> section 32 in mine just says bracket concerning continents and bracket there's nothing else there. <laughs> this doesn't seem So, that okay, great. let me... I need to I, talk about that one real quick because... Yeah, what does your other translation say? Okay, the translation that has more modernized language, one of the stanzas there, it starts... It's like, it begins with, do not have sex with a child woman. And then it says something else about, like, you know the level of water up to their chest, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so is he just saying, like, don't be a pedophile? So I that? looked up that stanza to see what other translations were. It's that one. And someone was like, most translators translate this as concerning continents. What does that mean? Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? Try like, not to poop on yourself a whole lot. Like, that won't make God like, happy. But... I know that's not what continents meant. <laughs> but basically, so like, so there's one translation I found from some university class where it's like, don't be a pedophile. And then everything else is like, we don't know what this guy's saying. <laughs> what? Don't be a pedophile. That can't be what he's saying. <laughs> We're fine with that. <laughs> we just disagree. I don't really want him to say this. One. <laughs> that's the reason I read so many translations, because I was like, just because I, of Because I understood the part where he's like, don't have sex with a child woman. I was like, okay, I get that. And then the part after, wait, let me see if I can read it. Uh, okay. Do not have sex with a child woman when you knew the approach to the water of its chest. There is no cooling what is in his body. Do not go mad on making the approach. He is cool after damaging his heart. So I was like, what? How does this <laughs> well, what relate? If, what if she's a child genius? Then it's okay, no, right? Never. <laughs> Jackie. So that was that was just very confusing to me. And so I thought, okay, it starts with like very clear, a very clear precept that's easy to follow and everyone should abide by. And then it's like, don't go mad making the approach. And I'm like, wait, what? Be cool after damaging just, your heart. Don't Sorry? just slip into her DMs and send her a thirst pick. Like you gotta <laughs> chill it out. <laughs> so anyway, I, that's that's what set me on my spree of reading like five different translations. <laughs> but why? And then nobody else had the same. But why one. <laughs> didn't he do that for the one where he was like, "This is not satisfactory." Like, why wouldn't you just be like, "I don't know." <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know either. But um, so anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. That's some other advice for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of them is number 38. So getting close to the end. And it's basically saying like a splendid thing is the obedience of an obedient son. He cometh in and listeneth obediently. And it's stuff like this. Yeah. That's yeah, what I was going to talk which, about. <laughs> so I'll say obedience is better than all things that are. It maketh goodwill. That which is desired by God is obedience. Disobedience is abhorred of God. It is obedient man who obeyeth what is say. He loveth to obey. So he's just saying like uh, obedience is great when people are obeying and obeying. Uh, people who obey are obedient and obedience is great. And he, it and says, God loves he it. that obeyeth becometh one obeyed. 
And so <laughs> he has a footnote at wow. one point where he says, um, this type of tortured language is very uh, common. Judgy. It is tortured language, but maybe it's your fault because you translated it that way. Oh, it says, well, I found it. Sorry. It Go says, ahead. this tiresome torture of words is frequent in Egyptian, especially in old religious texts. I regret my decision to study <laughs> yeah, really. old re- Egyptian religious texts now. <laughs> I feel tortured <laughs> by this. Wow. <laughs> but because he has five of these sections in a row and he literally just says like, obey, obey, obey. A son shall obey. If you obey, yeah. you'll be great. He at one point says, heedlessness leadeth unto disobedience on the morrow, but understanding shall establish him. As for the fool, he shall be crushed. As for the fool devoid of obedience, he doeth nothing. Knowledge he regardeth as ignorance. He does all kinds of errors so that he is rebuked. Therefore, every day he liveth in death. It is his food. And I was like, who hurt you? Who disobeyed you? <laughs> his son, obviously. It, he is clearly, <laughs> really, I don't know. He's going above and beyond. He's torn up. Yeah, he's he's toe up. It's just very funny because most of the stanzas are like six yeah. lines. And then literally the one where he's like, sons, you have to listen to your dads <laughs> is so long. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's like we know which part you're passionate about, dude. I mean, there's nothing that makes it harder to listen to someone than them just repeating the same thing over and over. Yeah, the torturous words. Twisting of words. It reminds me of when, didn't Joseph, like, when he was a kid, write a manual on how to be a great parent? And it was like, let your kid do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> this translation that I was telling you about that's a little more modern, this person translates instead of obedience, they call it hearing. So they say like, hearing is good for a son who hears. Hearing (laughs) enters into the hearer. The hearer becomes one who is heard. Hearing is good as speech is good. The hearer is the master of what is useful. Hearing is good for the hearer. Hearing is better than any other thing. Love of good comes into being. (laughs) And it goes on and on about hearing, hearing, hearing. If you're translating, that's not a good way to translate. Right? Can't you just, like, sum it up? It's too literal. It might, to be honest, it might make more sense. Hearing might be a better translation than obedience, just depending on the word they used in ancient Egypt, because, like, the connotations of obedience are very, very different from just, like, attending to what your parents say. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So I I really, I wonder if we can get, like, an Egyptology professor or something, or, like, some ancient Egyptian writing professor to come on and talk to us about this. I might I might put out some uh, feelers. I was going to try to get ChatGPT to write a sentence, write a paragraph using hearing as much as possible, but it's not working. Oh gosh. Well, I mean, I do have I do have my nicknames. Do you want to hear my nicknames? Sure. Yeah, please. T-Bone, Teddy, Theodor- Theodorable, oh. Theodosius, T-Man, <laughs> Theobear, Theomatic, Theobuddy, Theonaut, Theodozer, Theochamp, Theophile, the- Theophile, Theorific, Theorific, Theodaddy, <laughs> Theomeister, Theopal, Theowonder, Theolicious. Oh, Theo, these aren't impressive because oh. they're literally just Theo with any <laughs> word behind it. How about this? How about this? Theo Tornado. Theo Charming. They should have said Theornado. Theo Captain. Theo Guru. Theo Theo Magic. Theo Guru. Theo Amazing. What about this one? What about this one? Theo Happy. And then there's Theo Hotep. And then I asked for 2,000 more, and it said, sure, here are 2,000 <gasps> more nicknames, but it only got through 120-something. And then so I said— So it lied. It can only think <laughs> yeah, about 120 it, words. It, yeah. Like, I, I wish I had said—I wish I had done 124 and then said, sorry, I can't actually do it. But instead, it just ended with 124 is just the. 
们了。Then, and then I said, and then I asked, and, uh, and then I said, make it rhyme. And it said, certainly, here are 100 rhyming nicknames for Theo. Theo Bello, Theo Rillo, Theo Cello, Theo Della, Theo Mello, Theo Suelo. <laughs> Okay. So their nicknames all rhyme with each other. <laughs> Theo Jello. Theo Jello. That's good. Theo, Theo, Sil- Theo Silver. Oh. Okay, that's funny because there's literally silver is one of the only words in the English yeah. language that has no rhyme. So why did it include that? Theo Sunflow. Oh, can you guys call me Theo Sunflow? Theo Sunflow. Theo Sunflow. Yeah, wow. we can call you that. Cool. See, isn't ChatGPT great? I like how it told you, sure, here's 2,000, and then it gave you 120 as though, like, you weren't going to notice. <laughs> like, this guy can't count. <laughs> they thought he would get bored by the time he got <laughs> closer to the end. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, so basically, like, all his advice, unsurprisingly for a dad writing a book of advice for his son— <laughs> All his advice between parents and children is like, children, you have got to listen to your parents. Uh, But also he talks a lot about, I guess this might be a slightly different section, but it's also about how to be a successful vizier or just a person, like how to become successful in life. And his answer is basically always do nothing, say nothing, don't look anyone in the eyes, agree with everything someone else says if they're more powerful than you. Rachel pointed out... Keep your opinions to yourself. (laughs) Rachel pointed out where he says, what to do if you're disrespected. If you're disrespected by someone lower than you, let it go. If you're disrespected by someone on equal standing as you, let it go. If you're disrespected by someone better than you, let it go. So it's like... Just don't ever stand up for yourself. Don't rock the boat. Don't say too much. Like, and that'll make you powerful. How? No way. You've never once ever heard you speak. He explains why. Because he's like, if there's a powerful person who disagrees with you and they're yelling at you, keep it to yourself because they won't listen to you anyway. Because they have more power. So they just like, they don't care what you have to say. And if you just let them yell themselves out, they'll make themselves look bad because they're yelling at an inferior. And then he's like, if it's like someone on par with you and they're going to. Mm. Yeah. If there's someone on par with you and they disagree and they're yelling, just be chill and cool and they'll still make themselves look bad by like acting a fool in public. And if it's an inferior, he's like, who cares what your inferior has to say? Like they can't really stand up to you anyway. So just like let them say whatever <laughs> they want. Nobody cares. They'll be like, why is he being so disrespectful? <laughs> so his advice is the same, but his reasons are I mean, different. that's kind of cool because cool. you know what they say about millennials, our generation, they need the why. W-H-Y. You can't tell them to do something without explaining why they need to do it or they just won't do it, which is totally true. Mm. If someone tells me to do something and I don't know why, I'll probably just think I shouldn't do that. F you. Yeah. No, not F you. Just like, well, if there's no reason for it, then I'm not (laughs) doing it. (laughs) Do you like that advice, though, Theo, Hmm. that you should never confront anyone who's (laughs) yelling? (laughs) I think mine would be more like uh, if someone, well, for all three of them, it would be Plot your revenge, basically. Say nothing so. but plot your revenge. That's very vizier-like of you. Yeah. Isn't that a? Isn't that an idiom? I'm trying to. What is it? It's like speak softly but carry a big stick. <laughs> that wasn't it, but yeah. <laughs> so he has a lot of sections about yeah how to be a good vizier, which is funny because this was a vizier writing this, 
with the knowledge, of course, that his master is going to read it and be like, ah, yeah, Tahotab, this was a great guy. So he simps so hard. He (laughs) says, instruct a noble in such things as be profitable to him, cause that he be received among men, let his satisfaction fall on his master, for thy provision dependeth upon his will. Basically saying like, look, this guy's feeding and clothing you, you have to make him look awesome. And then at the end of this section, translator says, the last sentence of this section, which is, forsooth it is a soul loving to hearken, meaning somebody who loves to listen, is somewhat apropos de bot, which I looked up and it's apparently a French phrase, which means literally on the subject of boots, but as a phrase, it's used to just change the subject. You should not translate ancient Egyptian into English and sprinkle in yeah, a I French Yeah, I had to look phrase. it up. Yeah. I'm against that. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, so he just says the last Ugh. part of this section is uh people should love to listen and that's like just changing the subject so he can move on (laughs) (laughs) people should not (laughs) why is no one listening to me (laughs) why is no one listening to me um he has another one where he says apply thine heart what time thou speakest to saying things such that the nobles who listen declare how excellent is that which cometh out of his mouth (laughs) you ever said anything like that about someone else how excellent it was how excellent is that which cometh out of his mouth i've heard people say that about me the stuff that comes out of your mouth (laughs) that was some cool stuff yeah (laughs) sorry just one last thing on this this is also when he says if you listen to me your body will flourish the king will be content in all you do and you shall gather years of life not fewer than i have passed upon the earth i have gathered again very end i've gathered five score and ten years of life for the king hath bestowed upon me favors this is because i wrought truth and justice for the king he simped so hard he lived for 110 years it's also (laughs) funny like what if he's just bad at math and he's actually like 70 or you just forgot you know no i think he's saying I i think he's probably exaggerating his age because he's like look how much simping i did see how successful it will make you. You can even... King is so powerful, he was able to make me Yeah, you can even make it to the point where every day is a misery and you just eat and drink death and you can't taste anything. Isn't that cool? Wow. <laughs> can't they wait, should, they right? They should have called an alternate title, like, The Wisdom of Tahotep or 100 Years of Simping. Yeah. 110 years to prove the pharaoh's awesome. Nice. Can we uh, just relate what that meme is for people who don't know? Come on, Theo, tell you it. You want to quickly, uh, quickly, explained it just quickly no one explain. remembers. It's been 110 years. <laughs> yeah, nobody. It's my old grandpa Claxton. He had he was married for 72 years, 75 years. I can't remember. And then after his wife died, my grandma, he wrote a book called 72 Years to Prove a Point, <laughs> which seems like it's sort of reducing his marriage to the entire purpose of it is to prove a point and which and point <laughs> it was a memoir but also did you yeah. did you i feel like i asked you what was the point and you said he didn't really say what well, it was. well i didn't i didn't read it but i can't believe you didn't read it i want to read it i know so Tahoe does actually have some good advice where I was like, oh, I didn't expect to see that in there. Like He had a lot of good advice. A lot of it was just like, okay, obviously. But there's some where I'm like, oh, I couldn't just pick up any self-help book and expect to see it. Which the main one was where he said, like, if you have kids, don't be too happy about it because <laughs> a lot of people aren't able to have kids and they really want them. And also, like, some moms have kids and their kids suck. So, like, don't brag too much about your own children. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty hot knowledge. Um, one thing that I liked is he said, if you know a man who came from, like, a low place and worked his way up to a high place don't be haughty about it. Like if you started out good and stayed good, just 
honor him and according to that which he's become. If you came from a lower place and you made your way up, you need to remember to help people who started where you started. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's not very hierarchical, mm. right? Like pay it forward. Well, as long as they have a high rank now, then don't But he look also down has plenty them. of things where he's like, don't <laughs> one of them, this is so um it's like a veiled insult when he's trying to say something positive. So he's like, Oh yeah, well, if you find someone who's not your equal, don't be scornful to him because he's lowly. Let him alone, then he shall confound himself. It is shameful to confuse a mean mind. Ah, so he's like, if you meet if you meet yeah. an idiot, leave him alone and he'll show the world what he's really like. Don't or just like he'll be it. too confused to do anything. And <laughs> if you confuse him, that's shameful on your part because you shouldn't confuse an idiot further. <laughs> Does he have any advice that is about doing something rather than not doing something? No. Uh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say he had some advice on how to make a friendship last, which I'm going to read you not the Batiscombe translation because I think this one's yeah. funnier. He says, if you wish friendship to last within a house, you may enter as master, as brother or as friend anywhere you may enter. Resist approaching the wife. (laughs) (laughs) Another one says, if you are among the guests of a man who's greater than you, don't look at him. It is abhorred of the soul to stare at him. Speak not till he addresses you. One knoweth not what may be evil in his opinion. Speak only when he questions you, so you will say what is good in his opinion. This is like saying, act as neurodivergent as possible. Don't make eye contact. Don't speak unless you're spoken to. Like, act like you're a scared dog. Don't have sex with your friend's wife. Well, yeah. Okay, Rachel. (laughs) Yeah, he's, uh, he's interesting. The funny thing is, so, I mean... I I think even the advice that he has about women, which I think I'm ready to go ahead on to the women advice, because, I mean, if you have some other funny ones you want to read, you're welcome to. But I feel like Theo gets the gist, which is like, don't do this, don't do this. I think probably the only other thing um, outside of the category of women that I wanted to go over was uh, section 14. It actually starts out, the point of this is to say, make for thyself love in the beginning and end of your heart. Like, be good to people, be like a nice neighbor. And it ends with, just totally switches. As to the man whose heart obeys his belly, he causes disgust in place of love. His heart is wretched, question mark. His body is gross, question mark. King Rumble Belly. <laughs> his body is gross. <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Question mark? You said if if he obeys his heart instead of his belly or the other way around? Don't obey your belly. Yeah, well, if his heart obeys his belly instead of his mind, I guess. Oh, okay. He that obeyeth his belly hath an enemy. And the footnote there says his belly, presumably. <laughs> What if that's not who the enemy was? And if Tahotep read it, he was like, whoa. He that obeys his belly has an enemy. Presumably that enemy is his own belly. It's me. (laughs) I hate it when people do that. I'm your worst nightmare. (laughs) All right. Let's see what this dude thinks about women. So there is some advice that I saw from him where I was like, oh, this is wonderful. So there was a while ago, like a couple years ago. I had seen some advice from Tahotep, and 
it was like totally taken apart from everything else. So I'm going to read you the original one that I saw. So our, our family friend Drew, who got engaged, I saw this and I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect advice for her soon to be husband. So okay. I sent it to her and she was like, this is great. I'm going to give it to him. Be nice to Drew. <laughs> yeah. Says, if you marry, if you marry a party girl, one who is known as fun loving to her townsfolk, if she is rather unregulated and indulges for a while, do not deny her, but let her enjoy herself as a light heart makes for navigable waters. Wow. No, it, mine is worse. It says, if you make a woman to be ashamed, like if you, I guess, sully her, it says, if you make a woman to be shamed, wanton of heart, one known by her townsfolk to be falsely placed, be kind <laughs> unto her for a space, send her not away, give her to eat. Give her to eat. <laughs> eat her. <laughs> <laughs> Obey your enemy. <laughs> but not your belly. Your belly. I, <laughs> it's not obey your enemy. He never said that. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, he does. He says, well, he says, don't obey your belly. If you do, it's your enemy, right? And then, I, you're, yeah, yes. So Presumably. <laughs> obey your enemy. Eat your wife. Yeah, eat your wife. Wouldn't it be funny if he was such a simp that he was like, if your master tells you to do something, obey. If your enemy tells you to do something, obey. <laughs> no, but I think what he's saying is if you sleep with a woman and cause her to like lose her reputation, you have to take care of her after that. Mm. Well, that's the thing is I also, I looked that up a lot of different translations because when I got to that part for the baddest comb one, I was like, wait a second. Hold I don't think that that's right because I've read a different translation. That seems off. So I did a lot of other research and I found another one that was, if you marry a good time girl, a joyful woman known to her town, if she is wayward and revels in the moment, do not reject her, but instead let her enjoy. Joyfulness is what marks calm water. Happy wife, happy and wife. I saw another one that was like, yeah, it was like, hey, if your wife likes to party, you should like help her party as much as she wants because then she'll be really happy and like that'll reflect back on you and your life will be even better. <laughs> so I don't think Battiscombe is right when his translation alone is like, hey, if you sleep with someone, give her a little bit of food. <laughs> give her to eat. <laughs> <laughs> give her to eat. But anyway. Yeah, he has a different section where it's like, give your wife whatever the hell she wants. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do that yeah it's it's pretty funny yeah his his uh his advice for the most part yeah it's like give your wife whatever she wants love her as much as possible give her whatever food and ointments she wants Mine says oil oil is the remedy of her limbs. yeah oil <laughs> makes its, its appearance oiliness is next to godliness yeah. <laughs> he's like don't involve yourself in her affairs but then he's also like but keep her away from power and Everything will be awesome. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's his advice. Like, don't let your wife have any power. But other than that, do whatever she wants. If she's a party animal, when you marry her, just her like, let her keep being a party give her, animal. Give her, give her a little bit of food. Give her a snack. No. And do no. everything everyone else eat. tells you. Give her to eat. If she is a snack, <laughs> eat that snack. Oh. Give her to eat. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's Tahotep's advice. I would say... No one needs this advice, <laughs> but it's funny. It's interesting. I don't know. Some people might need some of this advice. I, I think it's right. Okay, some people might need some, but okay, I you don't have to get it from here. Yeah, okay, but I like, can tell it to you in like two seconds. Four to hey. six thousand years ago, whatever. Maybe nobody had said, don't argue with an idiot. You know, like that makes you an idiot too. You know, maybe nobody had said that yet. Maybe this was the first time anybody said, hey, put oil on your wife. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe at the time people were like, hey, if your wife's a party animal, you should get mad at her. 
And he was like, no, no, no. Let the girl party. Girls just want to have fun. Yes, they wanna. Yeah, Tahotep has just influenced so many parts of our culture. That's why we think the advice is obvious. Cindy Lauper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Her greatest influence was the wisdom of Tahotep. <laughs> yeah, what is. She had a whole other album that was about how your belly was your enemy and you should give your life to eat. And how you should never talk back to anyone who's being rude to and you. And also don't look anyone in the eye if they're better than you. Yeah. Also, like, like, yeah, what if nobody had ever before given the advice for that which he knoweth includeth not this? If he think that he will oppose him, he thinketh he will be silent because I have spoken. I guarantee no one has given that advice before or since. <laughs> the unintelligible <laughs> advice that no one's been able to comprehend in the past four to six thousand years. <laughs> or maybe someone has. Maybe that's a very common piece of advice, but we just don't know because we have no idea what that means. You know? Oh, wow. What what if that's what all the billionaires know and we don't? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like the prince, what he knoweth, that is not, that is one of the things he knoweth not. <laughs> billionaires are like, that's the maxim by which I live my life. I honestly, now that, now that honestly it's been said so many times, my interpretation of that is if your master, the prince, says that he knows something, but you know that he doesn't know it, don't call him out on it. <laughs> Like if someone mansplains to you or prince explains to you, just, all right. I mean, I know that that is advice Tahotep would give. Absolutely. To not say something. Absolutely. (laughs) So anyway, sounds about right to me. Well, that's what Tahotep of Memphis wants everyone to know. So everybody go out there and get your barbecue. Okay, Jackie, don't you think it's even crazier now that there's like multiple YouTube videos of guys reading this and all the comments are full of people like, we need to get back to basics. Like, this is how we need to be living our lives and this is how we uplift our communities. Uh, I didn't know that that was the case. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) It doesn't seem like it covers very much. Yeah, they're like, we need to, they knew how to live life right (laughs) back in ancient Egypt. This is what we need to go back to. I mean, I don't honestly think it's that crazy because a lot of it is just like, have love in your heart and be nice to people. One of the things that Gunn says, we're referring to him as bad as Coman as Gunn, whatever, like very early, like bef- like the introduction to the introduction, he's like, his translation was commissioned as a part of the quote, Wisdom of the East series, which was like the publisher put out like multiple books about old didactic texts, basically like this. Like the I Ching or like Buddhist texts and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know what the other ones were, but stuff like that. And um, he says, like, this is part of a body of work to show that no matter how much time has passed or no matter the time or place or, like, who said it or the race of the person or whatever, like, it shows that we're all the same. We're all still party girls. Yeah, we're we're all still rubbing <laughs> our wives in oil and looking at the floor when someone talks to us. <laughs> He's like, well, there are many facets of ancient Egyptian life that are, of course, very different to today. He actually says there's very little about ancient Egyptian life that is in any way similar to what we have today, but mm-hmm. it goes to show that like at the heart of things the basic needs and desires and how we get along are all the same so i don't find it that crazy that people are like because like rachel said you don't need to be told this advice right some of it's wrong but also a lot of it's common sense yeah i guess what i'm saying is a lot of the people who are like yeah this is it 
their whole mindset is totally opposed to this. Their grind set. Yeah, they're on their grind, which is not what Tahotep was about. He was like, he was not the kind of guy that was like, you just need to be by yourself making your money and like <laughs> you can do your little scams and make your money. All that matters is doing that by yourself and grinding it out. That is not what Tahotep would say at all. But these are the kind of people who are like, he knew how it was done, like women they're only out to get half your assets and take your kids in the divorce oh all that you can rely on is your camaro or whatever these guys say well the way you explained it before (laughs) made it sound like it was about like nice family values that just sounds terrible no these are all weirdo like red pill trad guys or like hoteps or sigma grind set folk who are on the carnivore diet (laughs) tahotep said the opposite in multiple sections he said don't do more work than is required of you like live your life and enjoy the sunshine and don't do more housework than is required to keep your house running and also like like, let your wife do her thing which is not what these men think they're like your wife has to obey you but tahotep's like no 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 you have to obey everyone (laughs) (laughs) obey don't listen they just think like this is what i believe and i also believe that ancient egyptians were like based so (laughs) therefore his advice must correspond with what i already think Mm. as theo said obey your enemy yeah obey the belly (laughs) no don't obey the belly then you have an enemy and the enemy is your belly that's what i got (laughs) yeah and then you must obey the enemy it's not that hard well i'm glad you learned something theo (laughs) remember that brendan fraser movie called the mummy yeah yeah that the one that was everyone's favorite of him you know the really famous one don't you wish it had been tahotep instead of imhotep and, yeah, one, I do. and and he just came back and he just was like really chill. Giving advice. Yeah. I'm just like, what should I do? I'm here to obey. Stuff like that. <laughs> My will Tell is me what your to command. Do all. I'm here to listen to what everyone says and to give some advice. <laughs> and encourage the party girls. Yeah. I would honestly, I would love to party with him. Like, I feel like he would be the best. You know, he would say like, oh, here, let me hold your purse while you go to the bathroom or whatever. Yeah. When I was looking at Batiscombe Gun, I thought you were saying I wanted a party with him. Like, I want to party with this no, guy. I want to party with Tahotep, not Batiscombe Gun. I just don't really respect his translation abilities, considering it, it, that he himself he. said to disregard them. Yeah. He would be like, this is the best party ever. And then, like, the next day, it's like... It wasn't that good. Yeah, it wasn't that good. Disregard what I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I disavow that party. He disavows his connections to that party the other night. <laughs> Is there anything else I should ask ChatGPT before we leave? Mm, ask it if it has an opinion on the wisdom of Tahotep. No, I'm going to ask um, if you obey your belly, who is your enemy? That's what it was, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Self-discipline or self-control can be seen as the adversary to indulging in instant gratification. That's what ChatGPT figured out. Okay, so it's, yeah, I guess it hasn't read the book. (laughs) Whoops. That footnote. (laughs) I I do have something funny that I thought Theo would enjoy, which is recently I flew into JFK. Word. The airport. Oh, no, you hit it. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, that was me. So the state of New York has this advertising campaign called you thought you knew new york and it's just telling you all kinds of things that you can do in new york and i was walking on the little moving sidewalk and kind of reading on the wall and there was one big poster that had like oh some mountains and trees and it said 1000 miles of scenic trails and i was like that's nice and then next to it there was another poster literally right next to it with like some more trees and it said 7000 miles of hiking trails <laughs> what <laughs> 
So they're like, we have 7,000 miles of trails you can hike on, but only 1,000 look good. Like the other 6,000 miles are trash. <laughs> what do they consider a hiking trail? Like the bridge to New Jersey? or I don't know. But there's 7,000 miles of hiking trails, 1,000 miles of scenic trails. <laughs> what? In, it must mean in New York State. Yeah, they do. Yeah, okay. there's not 7,000 miles of trails in Manhattan. <laughs> I said there's pictures of mountains and trees. That would be such a lie. Uh. So anyway, I thought Theo would enjoy that since he's spent time in New York, but <laughs> seems like he was confused like I was at the time. <laughs> so he had, uh, now I'm just reading about, again, just gun. We haven't talked about any of the other um, oh my gosh. <laughs> translators, but just so many little things were funny. This section about the personal life of Battiscombe Gunn, it says he had some characteristic last words. He sent for his son and his son's fiance, and as he lay on his deathbed, he delivered a wise and paternal speech on the advantages of marriage, and he gave them his blessing. And then he turned to his wife and said, I shall look a bloody fool if I don't die after that, won't I? And then he died. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's nice. He's just like, I should end on a high note. <laughs> Time to die. Time to die. <laughs> that's pretty good. Wow. Oh, I had a couple of other things I was saving up to tell you guys. I'll just say this one for Jackie, which she would love, was the other day I was riding MARTA, the public transportation of Atlanta. Did you at least buy your dinner first? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, no, I didn't. Sorry. MARTA, I hardly know her. <laughs> well, you should That's at least give her some you. food. <laughs> give her Afterwards, to eat. yeah. Or give her to eat. Yeah. Give her to eat. <laughs> so there, I was sitting um, a couple of seats away from this like older, probably gentleman. homeless gentleman who was singing like a line from Yeah, you know, by Usher and Lil John and yeah. Ludacris. Yeah. But no, he wasn't singing the yeah part. But, but which line was it? He was singing, I'm pulling it up. Take that and rewind it back. Ludacris got the beat to make your booty go he, flat. He just kept saying over and over, take that rewind That's it back and he said. said it like five times right but he kept saying that line he said it like five times and then all of a sudden like two other guys in the cart after he said it for the fifth time they like took it and to the end of the verse and then like 12 other people in the cart just all started <laughs> oh singing oh my gosh yeah. flash mob <laughs> that's amazing you live in a musical <laughs> and then afterwards everyone just like applauded the original guy <laughs> that's awesome that's so nice wow I do like how yeah <laughs> he was taking it literally he was like take that and rewind it back take that and rewind it back and rewind it back and like it would just never end if they hadn't yeah. brought it yeah. on his loop <laughs> yeah and so then by the time so like everybody stopped basically at like the stop before I got off and I was like wow what a, what a wonderful interaction that ended up being. Are you That's impressed cool. that I happened to guess the exact line that he was saying? Well, I mean, my assumption was that would be the line most people would say, except for unless they would say like, yeah, 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 no, yeah. No, yeah. there are plenty of other lines like to the window, to the wall. No. What? That's in, yeah, is it? No, I guess it's not. <laughs> Okay, that's why I didn't guess that then. <laughs> <laughs> or isn't that the one that has, we want a lady in the street, but a freak in the bed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it is. I don't think so. What? Why did they? Okay, there we that go. That doesn't there rhyme. Why did they pick those words? Well, there it rhymes with the line before that. Oh, uh, yeah. so it's a trick? <laughs> yeah, which is, uh, yeah. if you hold the, something, I'm about the prowl. Wow, these women all on the prowl. If you hold the, okay, I don't remember it now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, the line, okay, I looked it up. Me and Ursh once more, and we leaves him dead. We when want a lady, a lady in the, in the street, street, but a freak, freak in, in the bed. bed. Okay. There you go. That's also, that's also the song where it says, like, Return of the Mac. Oh, yeah. And it's Is all, it? 
No, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. It's also the song where it says, this is how we do it. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. It's also um, the song where they say, getting jiggy with me. <laughs> yeah. It's also the song where they say, welcome to Miami. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. There's only one song, by the way. Oh, that would be cool. All right. So now we know. I I thought you guys would enjoy that wonderful moment of city living. Wow, that's city life. Anyway. Okay, well, this has been a silly, ridiculous episode. Thanks for staying along for the ride. Mm -hmm. As we always say, you know, weep whoop. (laughs) If you want to. As we always say, weep whoop. Weep whoop. (laughs) (laughs) It's our classic sign off. Weep whoop. Okay. So if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash fire the cannon and help us keep making all these great, weird, wacky things. We woot. woot. (laughs) Oh. Weird and wacky. And this summer, we are going to be doing some stuff. Yuck. Which is? Uh, Girls for the gays and goths for the whales and whales. Girls for the gays, goths for the whales. (laughs) What? What is that? We have a summer of one for the girls, one for the gays, one for the goths, which is we're doing the poetry of Saturday. Then we're doing Moby Dick. Moby Dick for the gays, and then Frankenstein for the goths. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Moby Dick for the goths. <laughs> we'll figure it out, and we'll put it on our Facebook. We have no idea. So please go to our Facebook or our Instagram, where we will post our upcoming summer schedule. <laughs> I don't think you're ready to announce that yet. <laughs> <laughs> she interrupted me to say that, and it made no sense. <laughs> All right. So you can go to our Instagram, our TikTok, and our Twitter at Fire the Cannon Pod. Cannon is spelled C-A-N-O-N. We're just so happy that you're here. Thanks for joining, guys. Come back later for Girls, Gays, Goths, Whales, Frankenstein, Dorian Gray, Safo, and something Wait, else. We'll see. We we know we are doing something for the girls and the gays and the goths. We oh just don't God. know what it is yet. Oh <laughs> when we know what it is, we why, will tell you. <laughs> why is it those three? Is that a because thing? it was like we were gonna do June is like Pride Month, and then was Herman Melville gay? Is that why? I mean sailors. <laughs> Weak, <laughs> weak sauce. <laughs> no, there's there is a lot of like homoeroticism in Moby Dick. <laughs> no, I was right. No, I just looked no, back at our chat. Y- yeah, I was right no, from the very beginning never. where you were like, "Why did Rachel yeah, say that?" Rachel it's Sappho, that. Moby Dick, and Frankenstein. But what does that have to do with girls, gays, and goths? Sappho's a lesbian. Moby Dick. There's a lot of homoeroticism, and it's also popular in the queer community. What? Frankenstein is an early work of Gothic literature. Okay, I just didn't know the the gay part <laughs> i got the other two but you acquiesced to it earlier in our texts <laughs> yeah, i just didn't remember why okay uh-huh. okay well cool <laughs> theo what's been going on in your life we haven't heard a lot of updates from you yeah give us one update and then we'll peace out uh on the record uh do the on the record one then when we're done recording you can give us an off the record update <laughs> you want to promote any of your music or anything Oh, yeah. Check out my YouTube channel. I think it's at Theo Chandler or something. Check me out on YouTube. Check out my website. Buy all my music. But just buy the scores. I didn't even know you could buy it. You can buy the scores if you want to do oh, some cool. rigorous study, which I assume you Great. do. Tell them where is it? What is it? TheoChandler.com? TheoChandler.com. All right. There we go. Also, I noticed if you go on TheoChandler.com, I think because I was looking for this for some reason, if you go on TheoChandler.com, you can see a work that um, I wrote the words for and Theo wrote the music for. And it's super fun. True. And you can buy the score if you want to do some in-depth analysis, which I know you do. Cool. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thanks for oh, listening. Yeah, bye. bye. We love you. Hotep.
I am the Moon Man.